Hello and welcome to the podcast, Life Imitates Art. This week we'll be talking about how stories, fairy tales, and myths affect the human mind and psyche. <coughs> this is the third of three podcasts. Within this podcast, we'll be discussing what happens chemically within the brain and the connection to subliminal messaging. First podcast, which you should listen to before this one, discusses the history of stories and why we tell them, and it will be found in the history section of the website. The second podcast, discussing the chemical connection to stories and subliminal messaging, will be in the biological section of my website. So be sure to check out the FAQs and the additional sources to read more on this topic of interest. Before we start, we have a brief, short message from our sponsor. Have you ever wondered the biological implications and connections to a wide array of topics like education, conflict, animals, and gender? Come and take a class or two about the biology of behavior at the Illinois Math and Science Academy. Listeners will get free admission for themselves and one guest. If they order tickets today, the website's link will be in the within the additional sources tab. Now let's begin. What we need to understand about subliminal perception is that it is believed to be a result of a deliberate communication technique that is aimed at generating responses that individuals do things that they don't usually do. This is why both perception and reaction happen at the subconscious level. Subliminal messages are delivered to our unconscious mind, which involves deeper parts of the mind that do not have um, negative perception of things. Because it is at the subconscious level, people are able to manipulate our behavior. Research and psychological studies show that a person's behavior can be altered for the better when the subliminal message sessions are delivered on a regular basis. This is why parents read their children bedtime stories every day. However, there can be a dark side. This is because our brains confuse the metaphorical with the literal. Subliminal messages and their ability to change our opinions and reactions metaphorical and have literal consequences. In humans, the process of deciding who our group is, who we classify us as us, is completely cognitive. We can be manipulated into thinking that some individuals are more related to us and others less so than we actually are. Numerous ways to get someone to think that an other is different and that they should barely count as a human. One is through the use of media, books, and propaganda. However, the surest way is through metaphors. An example can be seen with the Rwandan genocide. Rwanda, a central African country, is tiny, with one of the highest population densities in the world. Within this country, hunters and gatherers displaced over many years and exchanged for agriculturalists and pastoralists who came from the Hutu and Tutsi tribes. The minority, the Tutsi, dominated the Hutu and were reflective of the power dynamics in Africa. Their animosity was only further inflamed by the exploitation of the German and Belgian colonies. With independence in 1962 came a Hutu domination of the government. Discrimination and violence drove many out of the country and att- 
Tutsi refugee populations in neighboring countries formed rebel groups that invaded Rwanda and established safe havens. This increased anti-Tutsi milit militancy among Hutus and resulted in further discrimination and massacres. On April 6, 1994, a juvenile Habarumana, who was Rwanda's president, his plane was shot down by a missile as it approached the capital, killing all of the members on board. Many blamed the Tutsis for the death of the Hutu power symbol. The Hutu, <coughs> the Hutu military, in control of the government, blamed further blamed the assassination on the Tutsis, urging all the Hutus to take revenge. Many of the Hutus complied, which led to the beginning stages of the genocide. By the time it was done, approximately 10% of Tutsis, uh, so nearly a million people, and around 100,000 Hutus had been killed. The Hutus killed were ones either married to Tutsis or supportive of them, and or and or opted not to kill them when provoked or asked to. Roughly one out of every seven Rwandans were killed. And another way to think about that is that is around five times the rate of killing during the Nazi Holocaust. Now, the populace had a long tradition of not questioning the authority and having full obedience to the authority which is definitely a helpful trait uh, when you're trying to develop a dictatorial nation. So Hutu militants uh, had for months before been distributing the machetes to the Hutu population. Uh, the government also controlled radio stations and they proclaimed that uh, the intent of all of this and the final solution would be to invade the Tutsi rebels and kill um, every there was anti-Tutsi propaganda and that it was very dehumanizing. The Tutsis were referred to as cockroaches. People were told to go out and stomp the cockroaches and that um, these cockroaches were planning on killing, killing the children. So they were again saying, stamp out the cockroaches, save yourselves. And so the Houthis did. And that also continued the ongoing massacre. Another example of how people were manipulated through the choice of words in media is this. September 2005, uh, David, uh, the Jillian's Austin, they published cartoon images of Muhammad on their editorial page. It was as a protest against um, Dana, Danish censorship at the time, and as, as well as self-censorship. Um, many of the individuals, like Muhammad, um, many of the individuals believe that Muhammad looked at Muhammad and linked him with terrorism, since he was wearing a bomb as a turban and he was holding a knife. So, as a direct result of these cartoons, um, Western embassies and the consulates uh, were attacked. They were burned in Lebanon, Syria, Libya. Uh, churches were burned in northern Nigeria. And protests, protesters were killed 
in Afghanistan, Egypt, and other countries, as well as non-Muslims in Nigeria, Turkey, and Egypt. And those non-Muslims were killed as revenge for the cartoon. So, in an entirely different part of the world, 2010, a club throughout the Philippines had to remove a popular Frank Sinatra song, Sabahimay Nitwit, um, My Way, from their playlist because of the violent response that people had to singing it. Uh, and that violent response included many cousins, killings, around a dozen actually. Some of the My Way the, the poor renditions, but most were linked to um, the sort of macho, heroic lyrics uh, that are repeated throughout the song. An example of which is, I did it my way. So these lyrics, as you can tell, invoked feelings of pride and arrogance in the singer. And if that individual felt as if they were maybe a nobody or an outcast, it made them feel as if they had they had power, they were strong, they were macho, they did their own way, and it covered up all of their faults. So, as we previously learned in podcast number two, chemically, oxytocin makes a person more interested in stories. So, if the story has enough tension, has enough climax, has enough pull, then the listener will share the emotion of the characters within the story and try to mimic their behaviors. Uh, this doesn't only have to be in a book. Actually, as you heard in the Rwandan genocide, um, the story or the message was spread through the radio. In Denmark, uh, the example with Mohammed, um, the story was spread through images. And in the Philippines, with Frank Sinatra's song, My Way, uh, the story was spread through music. So all of these examples made people feel like they were different than another group. And in some of the examples, like the Rwandan, well, actually all of them, really Rwandan, Denmark, they made people feel as if they were better than others. If they were more macho, stronger. A Rwandan, they weren't cockroaches, so they were more human. In Denmark, they weren't terrorists, so they killed all the Muslims. In um, the Philippines, they were strong, so they went out and they proved their strength by killing. So, um, these songs or these messages or these stories really invoked strong emotions subconsciously in the individuals listening to them. Um, In an even simpler example that you can see today, um, many days want to be like as brave as James Bond or as smart as Harry Potter uh, because of stories and messages and meanings and themes and um, representation that goes along with them. So, in the same way that subliminal messaging and propaganda was used during the genocide, I will continue, but however most prominently in smaller ways. An example um, that many don't notice, advertisements. So companies actually influence, influence our decisions to buy products based on their descriptions, the images they use, the noises that they have within their commercials, or even, and even um, a perceived smell in a burger commercial, or in um, even in like a laundry commercial. So they influence our mind against 
another's and uh, to the want of themselves or of another or a corporation or a group or even an individual. And so, like I just said, even an individual, that means that anyone essentially could push another to kill if they were good enough um, at subliminal messaging. And so this is what makes subliminal messaging and advertising so scary to the population. Um, especially when looking at young children, uh, children are really the most susceptible to subliminal messaging as their brains are studying um, their prefrontal cortex, which is um, responsible for decision-making is obviously still developing and um, everything that they hear, everything that they see, everything that they read really influences them and shapes how they interact with other people. And so children are also the ones that hear subliminal messaging the most through the stories they read. Like I just said, Harry Potter, for example, um, the television shows that they watch, whether they be cartoons or um, action movies or action shows or even love, romantic shows, and movies. Like I just showed you, um, Disney manipulating the original stories, like as I talked about in the first podcast, if you hadn't watched, uh, listened to it, I talked about how um, Disney manipulates um, their the original brother brother's script stories to actually teach children about themes of being good enough and being strong enough and uh, finding a prince and falling in love and being happy and all of those. So, you know, who knows? Maybe my words this whole time have been manipulating you through this entire podcast series. So, uh, quickly before we finish off this podcast, let's further discuss the connection um, with this podcast to behavior. Um, so, behavior is in this behavior or susceptibility to um, subliminal messaging isn't something that can easily be passed down from parent to child. It isn't like a trait. It isn't something in your genes passed down because everybody, um, it doesn't matter where you're from, what race, gender, uh, ethnicity, everybody is affected by these on a daily basis. However, some people are more susceptible to subliminal messaging than others, like children. Also, because of how quickly information is being passed through the media today, it is much easier in today's society to spread a message to a wide range of people. And what I mean by that is especially, you can see it on Twitter, that people are ISIS, for example, spreading messages about uh, joining their groups or maybe even religious groups sending out other religious groups other than ISIS sending out messages to join uh, their own religious groups. Spreading messages about um, how they're maybe superior than another race. Even uh, presidents sending out messages about how um, one group of individuals may be better than another group of individuals. You can see this in the Rwandan genocide, how quickly they were able to manipulate the minds of people, of the Hutus, against the Hutus because of media. They used the radio. 
it was easy to spread the message and everybody could hear it. So yeah, while this is a scary thought, uh, one should not be ultimately become afraid of it or scared to go out or read the newspaper or have your children read storybooks or watch cartoons on the weekends. You shouldn't become afraid of that. It is often very rare. It actually is extremely rare uh, that subliminal messaging actually leads to a nationwide genocide. Like I said before, uh, millions of people use Twitter, millions of people use, uh, millions of people watch the news, maybe millions of people um, read or books even. However, they're not all affected by the subliminal messaging in the same way. So, to combat this, I guess you could say, just make sure that you're always, to combat uh, subliminal messaging, is what I meant. Um, you should make sure that you're always informed. Um, you always research into information being told to you, especially in the news. I uh, just don't, don't, don't always take what you hear uh, for face value, fact check it, form your own opinion, go out, do other things. Um, as well as that, don't believe everything uh, as the truth, just because even if you heard it on the news or read it in a peer-reviewed article, for example, um, one peer-reviewed article might say this, while another might say that. So really go and see both perspectives, get both sides of the story, because like the saying always is, there are two sides to every story. Yes. And so, as always, it is amazing to all of you. So be sure to tune in next week for a discussion about gender relations in politics and in the workplace. And for now, this will be the conclusion of this week's podcast. Again, like I said in the very beginning of this podcast, be sure to go check the other sections of my website. On the an introduction into the series, section of the web website i will be discussing that is the first podcast which you should have watched before this you did or you would like to go back and listen to it again i discuss the history of stories and why people tell them in the second podcast which is located in the stories connections to social behavior i talk about um the chemical connection to stories and i give a little brief introduction to subliminal messaging and that it's as well messaging. Um, also check the additional references part of my podcast. There I have um, the link to today's special special promotion. I also have an in an annotated bibliography format a list of additional research references that you can go and read and see my inputs on what the basic um, synopsis, a basic uh, preface of what each of the sources said. Go check that out. Also, um, a lot of this information has come from either the sources in within the annotated bibliography and um, the book Behave, which uh, talks about uh, the biology at their best and their worst. And the author is Robert M. Uh, Sapolsky. And also, within the additional references section, there is a way to there, there is a Q&A section there as well. Uh, lastly, 
something I didn't mention in the other podcast is that I have a connect with me on the website where you can go and you can obviously connect with me and I have more information about a uh, interactive that I will be having later on within the year uh, that you can go find, check out, and join me. Thanks for listening, and that will be all. Bye.